It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now. Reese Plumbing, designed to help your business grow and succeed. Reese works for you. It's the Reese Super Rugby Fan Show with Daniel McCarty, Grant Elliott and Justin Marshall on SCNZ. No, my honey, my welcome into the program. Bang on 10 a.m. on a Saturday morning on the 9th. The 9th of April, the glorious April, the best month of the year, no doubt about it. My name is Daniel McCarty. Joining me, the always colourful, very colourful, very <laughs> colourful, Grant Elliott. How are you, mate? Yeah, well, I know why you're all saying it's colourful is because I got abuse earlier from uh, Louis and he said I look like a tube of toothpaste. <laughs> Dressed in my T-shirt, my lovely Sup2 T-shirt. And then I didn't realize I was live. So my reply was, was probably colorful. Yeah, it was colorful. Almost as colorful as my T-shirt. <laughs> it was colorful. <laughs> Which then prompted a lot of laughter in the studio. And apparently there's a dump button. So I'm not going to get into too much trouble. Yeah. Well, welcome, welcome to the world of live radio, my friend. Yeah, well, live, but yeah. Almost live. Yeah. Live you, enough to keep me out of trouble. Are you going to blame me for not telling you that we were on it? Well. Probably. Well, you did say, oh, Grant, the guys want to say hello. And then they went, Grant, nice t-shirt. Are you sponsored by a toothpaste label or something? <laughs> and then I threw, I came back pretty offensively, I reckon. <laughs> yeah, you were on the offensive. But listen, I love how you've turned this around to me because you have had the morning of all mornings as our host, as our leader. Um, and it's well documented on Instagram. If you haven't had a look, go and have a look. Follow me and SENZ. Daniel McCarty, he phones me and I'm on my way normally to get us a coffee. And he goes, the worst, the unthinkable has happened. I've locked myself out of the studio <laughs> and I don't have my swipe card. So well, I didn't I, have my swipe card. It was actually right here next, uh, next to my laptop. From as I, I popped out into the lobby and completely forgotten it. Absolute howling mistake. Yeah. So, so I, I, I normally dish it out to you, Grant. I'm big enough and ugly enough. I'm ready to go. Fire as many shots my way over the next uh, three hours. I, I'm sure our, our first guest is always uh, joining us on a Saturday throughout the Super Rugby season. Justin Marshall, a lead expert commentator with that Sky Sport, the former All Black great. He'll he'll have some empathy for me. I'm sure, Justin. Very good morning to you. So you've probably locked yourself out of somewhere. Uh, important sometime in your life as he's desperately grasping at straws here. Good morning to you, Justin. Morning, Justin. Yeah, good morning to you, Daniel. Good morning to you, Grant, and everybody out there listening into the show. Uh, yes, obviously, we've all had our moments when we've done that, mate. It sounds like you've both had a very entertaining morning. That's all I've got to say, and I'm lucky that I'm only joining now because <laughs> I could have got myself into a power of sh- trouble as well, and thank God I haven't. <laughs> you know you know what's funny justin is this season for the cricket season i had an unthinkable thing happen to me i had to wake up early had the early flight out of queenstown i went to my bathroom and i was locked out of my hotel room bathroom so i obviously had to shower and everything and get ready for the day and i didn't know how this was possible so i had to phone emergency hours or whatever get a, a person in there and they had this unfortunate sort of thing where you could click the inside Somehow I had clicked it and locked myself out of my bathroom, and I had to talk my way out of out of that one. So uh, probably just as embarrassing as Daniel this morning. Yeah, well, I could probably top that. I might uh, tell you a little bit later about what happened to me in Melbourne once on a work trip for an <laughs> AFL game. Um, yeah, 
um, that receptionist, um, I, I hope he's uh, recovered from the sight. Uh, he saw it at 3 o'clock in the morning. We are here to talk Super Rugby. And we've got the great mind that is Justin Marshall, part of our uh, Super Rugby fan show, the Reese Super Rugby fan show. Reese Plumbing, designed to help your business grow and succeed. Reese works for you. All right, Justin, let's uh, look at the games. There are some reasonably big talking points, uh, uh, especially about dishing out of cards and sanctions, judicial reviews that have... Uh, uh, taking up a whole heap of bandwidth, especially on social media. But let's uh, start off by the action on the park. And alleluia, the Highlanders, Justin, finally get a win. It looks comfortable in, uh, on the scoreboard in the end, 37 points to 17. But especially in that first half, another really tight encounter, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was quite an entertaining game, uh, to be perfectly honest. And... Yeah, the, the scoreline flatters the Highlanders, really. I don't think it's reflective of how tough a game it was for them. Uh, the contribution of Moana Pacifica, who continue to challenge every team that they face, which, which is um, just so positive to see. Uh, their introduction was always going to be whether or not they're going to be able to cope from week to week with the intensity of this competition, but they seem to be doing that quite successfully at the moment, which is brilliant. Um Look, uh, I think Tony Brown would be relieved uh, that, that he's got that win under his belt. Um, I'm still not convinced, mate, on the way that they're playing. Uh, they looked much, much better in the second half. But again, you know, they kick. They are kicking a hell of a lot of ball away in all of their games. Yeah, and, they are. And a lot of it is, is Aaron Smith. Uh, and, you know, we, I think repeatedly on Sky, we've, we've asked... Um, the question, and we've highlighted the point that they do that, but it doesn't seem to be something that they want to uh, extricate from their game. And and I just think it's hurting them massively. Um, so, yeah, I'm not convinced that they are playing the right type of game that is going to get them a great amount of success in this competition at the moment, which really surprises me for a Tony Brown coach side because he is just an innovator. He loves using the ball. He loves thinking about the ins and outs of the game. And I just wonder whether it's not because uh, it's simply because he's just not got enough faith that he's got enough firepower in his team. And he just wants to play at one end of the field. Justin, I remember recently Eddie Jones talking about if you, if you kick X amount of times in a game, you tend to win. Yeah. I understand where he's coming from. All blacks of past have kicked at a very high rate, but it's the quality of kicking now, isn't it? Yeah. It's not just the volume of it's what the, the type of kicking the execution of, you know, where's your doubts um, sort of uh, coming from with regard to that aspect? Probably just exactly what you've said. I, I think you've you've got it absolutely bang on. It's it's where they're kicking. Like uh, sometimes you're seeing Aaron Smith when they've built a few phases together, he's kicking around the halfway line, which is very South African stereotypical. You know, it's like, hang on, you know, this is not a, a, a part of the field you want to be. You know, kicking a 50-50 kick back to the opposition when you've got position in your own hands. And uh, it's just some of the areas, some of the accuracy of the kicking. They don't kick that much more than any other side. It's just where they're doing it and and the, the times in the game that they're doing it. When they're starved of the ball, they finally get their hands on it. And then one of the first things they do is kick it back to the opposition. You know, So you're not fatiguing the opposition by making them defend and, and giving it back immediately after having not had it for quite a while, just completely bemuses me. But the Crusaders kick the ball statistically more than any team in the comp at the moment. 
So you don't see them though, um, and sort of be frustrated in the way they play because they get they got their balance right. Their balance is really good, and and when they kick, they've got really good guys in the air like George Bridge, like Will Jordan, who win the ball back. So it, it becomes less of a 50-50 option. The Highlanders really are getting that ball; they're kicking away back. So. That's it in a nutshell, mate. You hit it bang on. It's it's the yeah. areas, the timing of the kicks, and yeah, they just feel. I just feel they've got that way off at the moment. Uh, Justin, uh, the question I want to ask is is around. Um, I mean, you mentioned South African rugby, but I thought I was watching the Curry Cup back in the late nineties <laughs> when I saw those lineouts and then those rolling malls. Oh, did, did you get emotional, Greg? Yeah. <laughs> you get a little bit emotional. Is it, so tell me about those rolling malls. Is that is that something that they've identified as a weakness for Moana Pacifica or just a, a, a new way that the Highlanders wanted to approach that specific game? Yeah, again, it's a very valid point, Grant. And I was actually watching the game last night and I was thinking to myself, how have teams become so inefficient at combating the rolling mall? Um, yes. Like I, I would, yes. I would love to see a stat for it at the moment, but at the moment, teams are so um, sort of, I guess, positive that they can, if they can get that ball into the sort of five to ten meter area and get their rolling ball set, that the opposition can't combat it. That, like I said, that hookers are, le- are leading try scorers at the moment more than outside backs. <laughs> and, um, you know, Leo got two last night. Reese Marshall got two. I think Kirk Eklund. He's he's one of the top score, uh, try scorers for the Blues ever, um, and and it's not just uh, against Moana Pacifica. Like every single team seems to be um, going into that zone, knowing that for some reason the laws of the game or whatever it might be restricts the opposition. If you get really well set from shutting down a driving wall, like I'm not seeing teams put sack anymore. If people are wondering out there what does sack mean, obviously it's just pulling the the um, the jumper to the ground immediately so that the, it creates a ruck rather than a maul. No one seems to be sacking the line out, so I wonder whether or not they can't get access to the jumper to sack it because of the laws and the way that they're protected and blocked. But whatever it is, to be honest, it's pissing me off. It's it's really <laughs> it's, it's really predictable rugby. When, when it gets down into that zone, you know, it's frustrating to watch a team like Moana Pacifica, and let's use them as an example, last night, who are really competitive right across the board but the opposition score four tries from rolling walls and that's the game mm, yeah and that's not entertaining yeah, it, rugby it, is it like we it's not pretty to watch the rolling wall it's a horrific thing to watch because it's you know there's no there's nothing dynamic nothing entertaining about it there's certainly no razzle dazzle in a driving wall that's for sure okay <laughs> <laughs> It's probably yeah. a good time to say our number is 0800 150 811 or text us double eight double three if you're an angry front row forward now uh, at Justin Marshall. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. Certainly not the certainly not the levels of the. Remember the Brumbies about was it three or four years ago? They scored like seventy five percent of their tries in a season or something. And I'm plucking that number out of the sky, but I'm I'm pretty confident it was very very high. It literally was their only attacking play for the season. Anyway, Grant, you, you had something to say? No, that's exactly. I was going to say that. I was going to say. Well, I'm sure that like. You know, the forwards would think that that is razzle-dazzle in their mind. It's beautiful. (laughs) Fantastic. All right, so uh, Moana Pacifica, um, what do they need to do to turn, say, a a close halftime score into, you know, more wins? I I, I think 
they're already overachieving, aren't they? I, I think snooty people like myself are looking down at my nose thinking, gee, it's going to be a very difficult year and, and there's going to be blowouts more often than not. But, gee, they're really competitive. And I guess already halfway through their season, Justin, they're raising their expectations on what they can achieve. Yeah, absolutely. And just very briefly, I'll, I'll just quickly uh, finish off that point that I was making, um, just so that I don't get a thousand front rowers looking to get me on my way into the stadium this afternoon. Um, it's, it's, so what I'm also saying is, like, I was watching the faces of the minor Pacifica players last night, but it's been the faces of lots of forwards who are the opposition. So, yeah, it's all very well and good that you're dropped, but they're just shaking their heads because they, they can't stop it. So whether... yeah. Not within the realms of the law at the moment, but the opposition forwards are getting incredibly frustrated because they're just having to wear the when the opposite when the attacking team get well set that they just can't stop it and they were just shaking their head consistently, going, "Well, what do we do? How, how, what can we do?" So mm. that leads me on to the next point for them. There's just so much firepower. The likes of Tuala and Omoa in the centres, you know, fighting Anuku on the wing like that. They, they even Havili at the back is playing really well. Um, the halves are good. It's just, I really like the balance of the loose boards. What is massively hamstringing them, and I know it sounds like banging of the drum, but the banging of the drum is just because it, it's it's reality, is they are just not coping in the big moments, and that's those key line-outs that they miss. Um, they worked really hard when they were in the match, and they were only behind by seven points last night to defend the Highlanders, and I think well, that was with 14 men. Phase after phase, they repelled, they repelled, they repelled, and they finally managed to hold them out and win a scrum. And that scrum was just around the 22. And that's where you've been working really hard. You need your set piece to work, clear the pressure, get back into the game. You're only seven points behind. So they did all that hard work. They got the feed to the scrum, and they got completely shunted off the ball, completely dominated, pushed them off, off the ball. Highlanders kicked for the corner. Next minute, they're scoring a try. You can't function in a game if you don't have that set piece functioning. And unfortunately for them, yeah. it's hamstringing them every week. And that's re- that, that's reality of where they're at. That's probably not going to improve this year. So they're going a, to have to live yeah. off scraps and try and scramble wins. It's a cliche for a reason, Justin. It's a cliche for a reason. Set piece so important. Let's have some uh, tap and go talk back. Quickly make your point. 0800 150 811. Dean. Go. You've got some thoughts on the rolling mall. Go on. Well, I rang uh, Izzy yesterday, actually, or the day before, talking about the referees. And, the, and I got onto the mall somehow. Like For me, honestly, Justin, I'd ban the damn thing. Like It's just boring. It's unreal. I was at that game last night, and on halfway, I had a great seat. And I don't want to watch Fords all offside with the ball at the back, rolling forward, trying to milk a penalty to kick it five metres from the line mm. to roll again. Like It's like that's not rugby. I understand the Highlanders like a. What well, is a rugby? It's it's been part of the game for do, it's been part of the game for donkeys years. Yeah, but it's not supposed to be eighty minutes of that. There's other stuff you can do as well to make it a bit more exciting. Like watch the Crusaders; they don't do that. They got a backline and they use it. But the Highlanders, to be fair, if they threw it out in that backline and those guys dropped it, like that seemed to have an absolute mirror and the fullback's not much better. If they drop it, those Pacific boys will crucify you. So I understand banking a W is huge for the Highlanders and they'll be and they're good on them. Because yep. they've had some they've had some bloody good games against the Crusaders and against the Chiefs. And they've lost both of them. So, you know, it's a Jekyll and Hyde thing, but I don't want to watch that more. For me it's offside. Like I was a back, so 
I just it bores it bores me to death. Like it just it bores you <laughs> to death. Okay, Dean, thanks for calling in. I'll put you on hold. Ban the mall, says Dean. James via text on double eight double three. Justin writes: Has anyone seen a rolling mall try scored against the Crusaders in the last five years? I'm serious. Not one in the last five years. It can't be that hard to defend. So there you go. There's both sides of the coin, Justin. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably like to see him produce some evidence of that. I, I do recall the Crusaders having driving malls um, you know, scored against them. They, they are they are very good at defending them. They seem more inept than others, but. Um, you know, look, I, again, it's, it's, a, it's just a matter of understanding the law of, of how you can actually yeah. legally, you know, shut it down without, you know, getting a yellow card or a penalty. And it just, and then just the same thing happens again. So, um, yeah, I, I just don't understand why, like I said, it's not getting put on the ground like it used to back in the day. And that, and that, that created a ruck and then, you know, it was, all, all on combative defence from then on in. But as it stands at the moment, it seems that it's structured around massive advantage to the opposition. Just get it set up and you're more than likely to either score or win a penalty. Right. Uh, your thoughts welcome. Double eight, double three, fire your text through. Uh, Justin Marshall's with us here for about another 10 minutes. So let's uh, move on beyond the malls. Uh, Justin, uh, Lots of red cards um, as player safety, uh, rightly so in my humble opinion, becomes uh, a major um, component of the game, has for the last couple of years, especially when the head is involved. Uh, I, I don't know your overall feelings if you want to you know, pick apart the individual ones or are you actually more concerned about the judicial sanctions that have come after? It's, boy, oh boy, it's a, it's, it's a big topic. How do you feel about it all? Yeah, well, I guess there's, there's two... Um areas that I have to really worry about now. One is um, those front rowers that are probably going to be looking for me on my way into the stadium. And the second one will probably be re- all those re- budding referees out there because I'll probably get stoned by them as well because I'm on a bit of a roll this morning. But, um, yeah, look, uh, again, I, I, I certainly feel that the, the law has um, has some massive problems with its interpretation at the moment. Uh, yeah, look, obviously the most relevant one at the moment is the Caleb Clark one and like a, the, the fact that the world rugby uh, are petulant and um, ne- that narrow-sighted that they that they don't understand that you know that accidents in the air, accidents in rugby can happen, and and they are, and they have no intent in them to stand a guy down for three weeks. Um, I don't think he was reckless. I think it was very evident what he was trying to do. I know Leon McDonald feels the same way, but he is. You can tell that he is completely muzzled. Like he is just saying, oh yeah, I understand. But there's no way that they were going to contest that without feeling exactly the same way. But they are very restricted in what they can say about judicial process, coaches. So he's been he's been very uh, tempered in his response to the sanction. But for Caleb Clark to get three weeks for that, uh, uh, that just shows that 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 the law in itself is has got um, you know some massive holes in it because what they are saying is that. He 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 he, com- he committed a, an act of dangerous play, which resulted in a player being hit in the head. Now I don't think he committed in any way, with any intent, to do any damage to the, the opposition player's head. He simply did a did a uh, an action in the game that many of us do, which is try and charge down the ball. You leave your feet, and when you're in the air, you never intended for that that collision to have happened, and. Yeah, to go into yeah. that, but, but you know, process, Justin, they've got you, former players in there. 
they yeah. are not going to they are going to understand but when you have officials and people that don't understand the the, the split second moments in a, in a game and they stand him down for three weeks i'm just like come on guys get a grip really i got i'm all for protecting players and head injuries no don't don't get me wrong i'm not being barbaric and i want to make sure the players are protected but we are playing high velocity game where split second impacts can happen and they can slightly go wrong accidentally accidentally yeah and not on purpose but, and not with intent but you know justin it's hard to judge intent so that's why they take it out of the equation. It's hard to judge intent. You might have an acute understanding of the sport, um, and you might be right ninety nine percent of the time. But you know, can, can you accurately judge intent? I'm not so sure. So the bigger issue with regard to well, hey, the red card might stand. Ask, you're okay. You're okay with that. But as far as yeah, carry on. Well, yeah. Well, so another example. And if people want to get a hold of the footage of the one that happened between the Force and the Brumbies, where Banks was coming across. So this is where I'll, I'll talk to you about intent. So Banks' intent was the wingers going for the corner flag, which he was, to score a try. Yeah. He was going full, full tip towards the corner flag. Banks was going intentionally towards him to bundle him out into touch to try and prevent a try. At the split Steps second when both it. of them were mm. about to do an action, the winger stepped inside, which Banks completely, yeah. uh, completely fought. He, he didn't expect that reaction. And the winger and the motion that he did that collided his head with Banks and knocked Banks out. So, yeah, his intent the, was the only to thing make, Banks has done wrong there, Justin. Yeah, the only thing he's got wrong there is his. Yeah, he got recarded for it. The, the thing he's done wrong there uh, is what he needs to be lower. He needs to be lower. Well, um, he wasn't to avoid the hit on head clash at that stage because they were yeah still both racing for the corner flag. It was the it was the attacking player's movement. He was just being, he was mm. just in a normal position to make a tackle that any player would be. He's not ready to launch yet, drop and launch. He's still trying to, he's still going at full tilt to try and get to that tackle. But anyway, yeah. That, that's yeah I, 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 I understand where you're coming from. I think, yeah. Hey, yeah, and, I think the and, law, and the Caleb Clark one, the, yes. Caleb, the Caleb Clark one, and in fact, like everyone, um, we, we must, I, I must mention this that foul play. Uh, the mid-entry point of six weeks. That's what that's what they uh, stand to be sidelined for. Six weeks. Mid-range entry point of six weeks due to World Rugby Directive that mandates that any incident of foul play involving contact with the head must start at that mid-range entry level. So he could have got six weeks. It's been reduced to three for mitigating circumstances. But I'm with you, Justin. When you, when you compare it to, say, the La Lala one, they don't match up, do they? They don't match no. up. They just don't match up. No, they don't. No, no, they don't. And and again, that's why I said that there's just too too much discrepancy and too many holes in the law that, that 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 doesn't enable common sense to prevail. And common sense here has not prevailed. And you've got a a superstar of our game on and and uh, you know superstar of our game on the bench unnecessarily for three weeks in my mind. Well, Justin, I love talking about common sense, and we're all about common <laughs> sense punting as well in the studio, because we've been getting mm -hmm. our punts pretty accurate. So we've got two games coming up, the Hurricanes Crusaders, the Chiefs versus the Blues. Let's let's have a look at the Hurricanes versus the uh, the Crusaders first. First, I've got to say well done, guys, for talking me uh, down and out, voting me on the, the Reds-Brumbies game last week. I don't know what I was thinking. Well, I think we got the Chiefs <laughs> one right in the end. 
But boy, what what a mouth watering <laughs> day we have ahead. The Crusaders, uh, Canes, four thirty five, and then seven oh five tonight. Okay, it's, it's Justin. It's, it's Justin. It's over to you. Canes, Crusaders. What are we thinking? Yeah, look, what a what a uh, blockbuster game. Uh, the Hurricanes obviously um, need some momentum. Uh, really interesting to hear Jason Holland talking during the week saying. Uh, we've always believed we can beat the Crusaders, and they are a side that can be beaten. Uh, the, the, and, and we we certainly feel that way. We've just got to get our, um, our, our things right within the game, uh, right on the day, and we can win. So he, he's obviously very in a, a very good, positive mindset. Uh, I'm not convinced about uh, this uh, Geordie Barrett selection at 12. Uh, I just think he's... Mm-hmm. He's, he's great playing there, but he's just in too much traffic in my mind. I think he's, if, they, if they're going to win games, he needs to be chiming into the game from fullback where he's best utilised. So I don't think that helps them. Um, so, you know, bearing that in mind and probably, um, you know, the, the, the big player that the Hurricanes need to front up is um, TJ, I think. Uh, you know, if he can play well, um, I think the side is, is, is a long way towards towards winning with his competitiveness in there. But at the moment, I'm going to tip towards the Crusaders. Yeah, I'm with Justin on this one, uh, Grant. I, I don't think the Hurricanes know their best side. How many midfield combinations have they had? How many changes at 10 have they had? That, that sounds uh, to me, or looks like a, a side searching to me. So I, I'll, go the, I'll go the Crusaders as well. Are you a dissenting voice? No, no, no. I, I mean, I can't look past when Moana Pacifica got over the Hurricanes. And I know there was a few... Yep issues towards the end of the game, but you look at that and you go, well, it's obviously a team that, I know Justin talks about momentum, but I think this might just be a hurdle too high. Okay, so we're locking in the Crusaders. Uh, Chiefs feed the Blues. Gee, the Chiefs come roaring out of the gate last Sunday afternoon. 17 unanswered points gets them a winning advantage. Crusade, uh, sorry, the Canes came late at them. What a wonderful advertisement for afternoon rugby that was, uh, Justin. I'm sure you're in the ears of uh, Sky about that. Uh, but the Chiefs feed Blues tonight. How do you see that one? Yeah, it was. And look, this this Chiefs team are really entertaining to watch. Man, there's some matchups in this game. Some really, really good matchups. You know, the Finley, Christie, Brad Weber, you know, across the board in the centres. Um, it's it's well set up. You know, Soa Kula versus Sotutu. Um, oh, look, uh, perfectly honest, I, I think the Chiefs. Um, but. You know, I, I don't do that with a massive amount of confidence, as you can probably hear in my voice. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm going. Uh, Grant. Uh, I'm going to go uh, the hometown. So I think it's got to be the Chiefs, and just looking at their <laughs> their backline, um, I think it should be just enough. Their backline's in pretty hot form at the moment. They're a tough team to topple at the moment, the Chiefs. Well, I'm going to abstain then because I don't need to vote. Which is a good thing. Fair Which enough. is a good thing. <laughs> Given yeah. the day that you're having. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have a feeling the Blues are actually going to get up and win this one. Oh, you can't say that. You, you've either no, got to be you all in. That. You've got to be a team player here. Yeah, you've either got to be no, in. No, we'll lock in Chiefs. Chiefs South pick is for, for, for us. But, but you're I, saying the Blues. I, I just, <laughs> I just, Justin, I don't know about you. The, the sum of all their parts haven't equaled what they should be producing, if you know what I mean. And I think I'm going down that path that the sum of all their parts will finally deliver. Does that make sense? It does, but you've, you've just played like a Jedi mind trick on everybody out there because basically what you've done is you've said, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I can't, I, I'm going to abstain because those two guys picked the Chiefs, but I'll throw my two cents worth in and just say the Blues. So if they do win, I can say, I told you so. But if they don't, I'll just go, <laughs> oh, well, yeah, I agreed with you guys. 
I agree with you guys. That was a good pick for <laughs> on that one. That's all I'm going to exactly, say. Exactly, Justin. Match, but... <laughs> no. You've seen right through me, Justin. I am a hollow oh, yeah. individual. There's no doubt, no doubt about that. Yeah, look, I think um, tuning into that game, I've already mentioned some of those matchups with that loose forward trio matchup, and uh, tonight, you know, the Papali'i and Sam Kane, and like I said, Sotutu and Sawa Kula, um, the halves as well. It's going to be tight. That's, that's why I said I, I don't say it with a, a huge amount of confidence. I wouldn't be putting Grant's house on it, but uh, I'll put yours, Daniel. Chiefs one. <laughs> you made the wise choice there. You made the wise choice there, Justin. It's always a treat to have you on every Saturday morning. Uh, really uh, interesting uh, talking points there, Justin. Thanks so much. Uh, have a great call this afternoon. Appreciate it. Thanks, Justin. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Have a good afternoon as well. Bye. Justin Marshall from Sky Sports uh, joining us here on the Reese Super Rugby Fan Show in association with Risa Plumbing. Boy, oh boy, lots of interesting talking points. How about we offer you a chance, listener? 0800 150 811 or 8833. Ban them all, someone. It was Dean? He wants it banned. Justin Marshall. Dean wants his money back from the game. He, does. he wants his money back. He's but, like, I, I watched 80 minutes of mauling, whereas <laughs> in the Curry Cup, I'm pretty sure Loftus Fears felt that's what they go to watch. It would be outraged. The four, we are the malls. I'd <laughs> like to know if there is anybody listening who is a fan of the mall. Yeah. If you're a fan of the mall, pick up the phone and defend the mall. And defend the honour of the mall. Pick up the phone. Give us a call. It is toll free. The lines are open. You'll get through right now. 0800 150 811. We need someone to go to bat for the mall. Not only defending the mall, but defending your forward pack mates. Because I'm pretty sure the Ford Pack mates will be sitting down having a little pint or something talking about the great mall that they had that won the game. <laughs> the great mall of 1977, something like that. Stay with us. This is the Reese Super Rugby Fan Show in association with uh, Reese Plumbing. Reese Plumbing designed to help your business grow and succeed. Reese works for you. Back after this. <laughs> You are with the Reese Super Rugby Fan Show with Reese Plumbing designed to help your business grow and succeed. Reese works for you. I'm a little bit disappointed, Grant. No one, no one has picked up the phone and gone to bat for the mall. Well, Justin's the wrong... right then, obviously. Justin is right. <laughs> everyone wants There's rid no, of There's no space. Yeah, everyone yeah. out there wants to get go rid to of the mall. I'm going to go to bat for the mall. On behalf of the mall, you selfish, selfish rugby fans. You love the mall when your team's scoring tries now, don't you? You love it. You love it when it brings you a five-pointer. <laughs> but but I, none of you will go to bat for me. Someone has, uh, old Dave came in and said, how many tries hadn't Justin scored behind ABs and Saris? I'm guessing that's Saracens. Um, and what Dave is asking is how gutted Justin was where he thought he could get over the line, but actually the forwards have gone over with a rolling more. I think that's what he's saying, Dave. Uh, how many Maybe elaborate on that. How many, how many tries um, have greedy number nines over the years uh, stolen from their outsides? Spoken like a form of very bad first five eight that I was great. <laughs> but that's a good point. That is a good point. Someone writes here, it's obvious. Uh, reds are fine. Uh, let's copy the NRL, though, and put players on report. Okay, so you want to keep players on the field, but just put them on report, and then what, Caleb Carr gets three weeks? Mm. It's, I, uh... When Justin's saying, hey, send them off, that's the thing. Player safety is important, but three weeks? But that's the when, thing. When the actual entry point, I'll reiterate, World Rugby's directive is any foul play, when you go to the judiciary, you're facing six weeks off. And that was mitigated down to three for good behaviour, the way he's conducted himself, all those things. And if you don't send them off the field at that stage, well, then there will be a lot of fouls 
just to try and force the, the stoppage of play, Poss I guess. Possibly so. Possibly yeah. so. All right, we must update you on um, our Super Rugby tipping stats. The Reese Super Rugby Fan of the Year. Now, we started off with 1,949 of you. Then we went down to 1,054 because 900-odd of you were rubbish in week one. Uh, and then down to 610. Then 489. And last week, 349. Um, has um, Ben actually got the right stats this week? Oh, hopefully this is correct. Uh, heading into the latest round of games, uh, there were 295, but some upset results saw the number tumble down to just 59 people. We're down to 59 people heading into this week, Grant. 59 people. I thought it was 59 last week. It was 65 last week. My apologies. I got it wrong. After throwing uh, stones at Ben, yeah, Ben, uh, you were right. I'm wrong. I'm, I'm humble enough to admit my mistakes. Heading into this round, in fact, there was another line on the email. Um, <laughs> heading into this round, there are 55 people left with a chance to win 5,000 cash thanks to Reese Plumbing. And in fantastic news for the Saturday session crew, uh, we are on a huge resurgence in the uh, SENZ Super Rugby Tipping Competition. Um, remember, two weeks ago, we were limping along in 1,063rd, but after an excellent run of results, we have climbed up to 534. Don't discount us. G'day, Dave. Tap and go talk back. What do you want to say? Nothing. He's just hung up. Sorry, Dave. Um, I was probably banging on about our stats a little bit too much and put him to bed. No, Dave like, wanted to elaborate on his point about Justin, but someone's just texting now and saying he's a big fan of the mall. He said, Chris, what about that 65-metre East Coast mall back in the day? Oh, see, he loves the mall. Good, Good on, on you, Chris. Chris. Thank you, Chris. At least one person out there willing enough, uh, you know, honest enough to to admit they like a rolling mall. Um, and finally, as far as our tipping competition and the SENZ staff competition, we've also surged up to the standings. We're into 37th. What? 37th. That's pretty good, isn't it? Well, I don't know how many people are in that comp. 38? <laughs> Israel Dags is trailing us. Back after the break, we'll cross the Tasman. Christy Doran's joining us from Fox Sports. Uh, Christy Doran out of uh, Australia to join us to look at the Australian uh, thing as far as uh, Super Rugby is concerned. This is the Reese Super Rugby fan show. Tap and go talk back now with Dave. G'day, Dave. Thanks for calling in. Dave. Happy Saturday morning. What's your point? Mark, he's got a ton of tries behind the Saracens and the ABs. As far as the mall, old Kurt Eklund, he's one of the highest try scorers, always comes off the back of the mall, scores the try. And, like, you know, when you're playing in the Northern Hemisphere... That's part of the game. You're not going to get dry tracks all the time, so the mall comes into play, you know, quite a bit. So you've got to learn to, one, you know, work it, and two, defend it, because it's going to come at you, and, you know, we're playing the World Cup next year. The other thing, the, other thing, the red cards, you know, um, the NRL and the AFL, they put people on report, takes the emotion out, you have a different judiciary, looks at, at the incident in fullness, and then... You still got 15 or 13 or 13, and then you carry on. Okay. And so, you know, the punter that's paid their monies get their money's worth, and then it's done, you know, separately. Hey, thanks, Dave. Appreciate your time. Drive safe, my friend. Okay. Uh, so, Dave, that's one for Pro. He's Pro Mall. It's the great question that's dividing a nation. Park vaxxers versus anti-vaxxers. It's Pro Mall, anti-mall. Christy Doran, out of Australian Fox Sport. Also uh, appears in the Australian and other uh, fine um, publications around the globe joins us. Chris, are we having a bit of fun? Are you pro-mall or anti-mall? Uh, I'm going to really frustrate my um, previous 
previous colleague at the Australian Wayne Smith who couldn't stand them all. But I'll, I'll say that I think it's a good <laughs> element of the game, you know, the finer intricacies of the game. So I'm pro it. Well, there's some Brumby teams of previous years who wouldn't know what to do if they couldn't do a rolling more right, Christy. <laughs> You're right, but they have expanded their game. Funnily enough, it was really Jake White uh, a decade ago, which was then into Stephen yeah. Larkham, who really enjoyed them more. They prospered from it. It's it's an unstoppable force at times. But um, there's, there's more fun subjects to talk about, aren't there? Yeah, there are. Like the fact that Brumbies and the Reds met last week in a top-of-the-table clash. They still are top-of-the-table, the Brumbies and the Reds. Uh, what was the deciding factor in that one? <clears throat> Look, Dave Rennie, we were up at the Gold Coast on Tuesday and uh, a friend of yours, uh, a friend of many New Zealanders, is Dave Rennie. I'm not quite sure if I was believing him when he was saying that he thought that the standard, the overall standard of Australia's Super Rugby franchises was better from last year. I know I've just slightly deviated from the point there because the the Reds and Brumbies clashes of 2021 were superb. They were must-watch viewing. Even 2022 um, uh, were always fun. But this year, it hasn't quite clicked. Um, there's been drop ball at times in the first match. About a month ago, there was a lot of posturing. There was a lot of, you know, show poning from the, from the forwards, from the front row particularly. It's just not quite clicked, I don't think. And and although there's some standouts, and I look at guys like Rob Dallapini that are playing very well, um, the Brumbies haven't quite fired yet, and they'll just be hoping that they're timing their run because they've often got to this point and things haven't quite worked over the last two years. Um, will we see a Brumbies and a Reds team start to peak when they come up against the New Zealand sides? That's what we're really interested in because... At the moment, the Waratahs are probably the only side that you've really seen some growth from the uh, from the Australian franchises. Hey, Christy, it's Grant Elliott here, um, ex-cricketer. So if, be um, kind. Yeah, be, be kind. kind if I have some terrible questions, which I, I actually don't. I don't think so, so far. But uh, the, the Reds, <laughs> were they were huge at the breakdown, um, and they drove the Brumbies off their own ball. Um, and that resulted in the Brumbies, they, they tried the quick offloads. Um, and that was, you know, the worst idea. Just kept coughing up the the turnover. Well, it's an interesting one because the Brumbies, are, you know, they've got Lord Laurie Fisher there, who's probably the best uh, breakdown exponent um, teacher in the country at the moment, with Steve Oils being up in Los Angeles. But um, yeah, yeah, right. Um, Fraser McWright um, has done a, a great job there. He's a guy that always is hunting around the breakdown, but. I just think it comes down to um, the continuity of the, the ruck speed. The, the, the Brumbies as well have kind of mixed things up a little bit at 9 and 10. They had a new fullback there with Jesse Mogg, who then got injured at, at one point in time. So there's been a lot of disruption there in the halves for them. You, you compare that to the Reds, and yes, they lost Jock Campbell a week earlier, um, the fullback slash winger. But, um, you know, James O'Connor and Tate McDermott, it was their second or third week back together. Um, they've got real continuity in the midfield. And Jordan Bataille, who's a bloke that's well-known on either side of the ditch, has had his second or third start in the 15 jersey. You know, he didn't have his greatest night at all. And that's probably where I, I talk about the fact that yeah. the skill level isn't quite there because he drops three or four balls where you go, how are you doing this? You're one of Australia's most skillful players. Uh, but it just shows that this is a 22-year-old who still hasn't quite found the continuity. And, and in reality... 
a lot of the guys that aren't quite there on the, uh, you know, just slightly off the pace. I haven't had the, the rugby that New Zealand have had with their third division with, you know, the NPC or the ITM Cup or whatever it's called now, the Minor 10 Cup. Um, so I haven't had that there. And so a lot of the guys only really had 12 matches last year and that was it. You know, Shoot Shield, the Brisbane local comp weren't in existence really last year because of, uh, because of COVID. So uh, on an yeah. upward trajectory, but um, they're really like they're chasing the tails at the moment. Yeah, last one from me, uh, Christy. It's a fortnight away now, isn't it, before uh, I think it's the Chiefs, the Waratahs, are the first sort of, you know, trans-Tasman matchup. What, what's the feeling? Is it one of trepidation or one of excitement? You know, what, what side of the ledger is the average sort of rugby fan feeling about when Australia and New Zealand teams play again? It's a good question. Um, you know, it was only two years ago, or just fractionally over two years ago, that the Chiefs with Warren Gatlin there just hammered the Waratahs, and that was really the beginning of the end for Rob Penny the former Crusaders assistant. Um, uh, this time round, I get the feeling that the Waratahs are, are a lot better. And you look at the Western Force, they're more competitive. The Rebels are starting to get some guys back from injury. They were dreadful earlier in the year. But the Reds and the Brumbies is where the you know the real litmus test is going to be. I, I think that they'll be more competitive than they were last year. And I purely put that down to the fact that the Reds, after winning a, a nothing competition against five other or four other Australian teams go on and then party like they've just won the NRL final or the World Cup rugby and they rock up against a Highlanders side that had struggled um, five days later they'd struggled to success in that Arthur competition and they get beaten and it really just set the entire tone for the competition for the Australian and it was a huge disappointment for someone like a Brad Thorne who demands uh, standards the, the coach for someone like for him to allow that under his watch was disappointing because he had the entire Australian rugby that was really needing the Reds to fire. I think they will continue on an upwards trajectory. Um, so I don't think it's one of trepidation. It's one of probably excitement, and it's one where Dave Rennie is going to start to look at, okay, these guys are the real deal or they're not. Christy, thanks so much for joining us, my friend. I, I, I can't wait to, to pepper your phone a little bit more in a fortnight's time. Super Rugby Fan Show, re-Super Rugby Fan Show. I'll, I'll just um, make it clear to everyone listening. The Super Rugby Fan of the Year competition. Heading into this round, 55 people still in the mix. After I butchered that a little bit earlier, 55 people still in with a chance to win 5000 bucks. thanks to Reese Plumbing. Reese Plumbing, in it together and here for the long haul, Reese works for you. Our thanks to Christy Doran from Fox Sports in Australia and, of course, Justin Marshall and those who contributed via the phone and the text. Reese Super Rugby Fan Show every Saturday throughout the uh, Super Rugby season between 10 and 11. Uh, it's all part of the Saturday session, which kicks off after the break with the very colourful Grant Elliott and myself, Daniel McCarty. You first? I'm Bye. really first. Fizzed up. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 21 91.